Israel, God's chosen nation. But uh, not like the United States or any other country. There's a lot of people in the United States that will go through the tribulation period. Uh, Israel certainly will. And uh, you want to look for signs. Look no longer or no further than the United States when you see all of these future leaders in college wasting the money to go to school to learn to be against the country that made it possible for them to be in college. Foreign students. But this morning, I just want to reiterate working on a series of lessons on the end times. And to begin, I want to uh, speak to you this morning on Jesus is coming again. Do you know that Jesus is coming again? We preach on this subject many times. We add a little bit, we rehearse a little bit. But the question is, do you, the membership of Ammon Road Baptist Church, know and believe that the Lord is coming and he's coming soon? He said in John 14, 3, I will come again. A God that cannot lie says, I will come again. And his word endureth forever, according to 1 Peter 1.25. And the reason, as we know in, thank you, the reason that we know that because, according to John 14.6, that he is the truth. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. But he is the truth. No one can get to him. No one can get to glory except through him. Now, the angels said he would come again. You know, we've seen that in Acts chapter 1 and verse 11. You know, we just picked out the attitude, uh, you know, when we talk about the second coming of the Lord, there are pivot scriptures that we got to use because it makes it clear, it makes it plain what God is saying. As even the angels in Acts 1.11 that, you know, in like manner, this same Jesus, in like manner, they were not mistaken when they announced his coming. 
when they announced his first coming. And he's telling us in the word of God that he is coming again. And when he splits that eastern sky, and me and all the people that are saved are going to be raptured up. What a day. What a day there will be when my Jesus I shall see. You know, in the book of, uh, of Luke, Luke chapter 1, look at verse 26. When we look at the first chapter of Luke, Chapter 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espouse, a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin name was Mary. And the angel, angel come in unto her and said, Hail, that thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women. Think about if God chose one of you ladies today to do a special job that he chose. We'd be saying hallelujah. But you know, there are millions of women in this world that refuse to even know him. But he chose Mary, a virgin, probably in her early teens. He said, man, that must have been great. Ladies, God chose you. He chose you. What did he choose you for? Every one of us that are saved was chosen by the Lord. And when that time comes, and I believe it's very close, he's going to split those eastern skies and say, come up here then. It's over. We need to realize how blessed we are. We See here in verse uh, 28, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, 
The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when he's and when she saw him, she was troubled at his sayings, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. So that must have been wonderful. Every lady in this building, if you're saved, God's found favor. You're here, you're saved, you know you're saved because of God chose you before the foundation of the world. Put your name in the book of life. Your life has been planned. And as long as we follow the route that God has placed for us, he'll bless you. But the great day is He's coming, and it may be today. The Holy Spirit, by the mouth of the apostles, have repeatedly said he would come again. First Thessalonians 4.16, Hebrews 9.28, Hebrews 10.37. We could list multitudes of scriptures that repeatedly says he's coming. But as we get into it, we find out that his first coming, his first coming, you know, let's turn over to First Timothy. First Timothy, chapter 6, verse 13. First Timothy, chapter 6, verse 13. He said, I give thee charge in the sight of God who quicken all things and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate, witness a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in the times he shall show who is the blessed and only Pontate, the King of kings, the Lord of lords? The Pope, bless his unregenerated heart, has taken a position that God did not give him. And if you follow him any at all, 
you will see that he is the most worst pope biblically we've ever had. But he's popular because he's like your president. You just got to love somebody to give you free stuff. Well, my salvation was free, but it costed my Savior his life. He is coming to sit upon the throne of his glory, according to Matthew 25, verse 31. He's going to sit upon the throne because it is his throne and not some pope's throne, some religious person's throne. But God said in Matthew 25 and verse 31, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and be admired in all that are blessed and to rule in judgment and to rule in judgment, equality, all the nations of the earth. Let's look briefly in Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. God said in Revelation 2.25, he said, but that which we have already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter's shall they be broken to shrivers, even as I receive my father. The man of sin. I personally believe he's already been born. I believe he's in power. And as the present, he's ruling this nation. I mean, just look what has happened the last two weeks. They can't even agree to get a speaker. said, well, he don't do nothing anyway. Well, he certainly doesn't do what he ought to do, but without the speaker, we have no government at the present time at all until your president is going to come up with some concoction that since we don't have a speaker of the house, we must carry on the business of the United States. Watch it. Can you imagine giving him free run? I believe personally 
He may be the last president this country ever has. Jesus is coming. How glorious it will be to see the king in his beauty. Perhaps you're not a Christian and say, I don't care anything about it. Well, let me say this. Dear friend, we point you to the crucified Savior as the only hope of salvation. It's not giving up on some of your sins. I made a pledge to God I'm going to do better. But if you look in the book of Psalms, just one little verse here, thought I'd get a quote that verse, but it seems that I've lost my, in my memory bank, uh, Psalm chapter 2 and verse 12. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Matthew 6, 26 and 27 talks about, you know, what shall it profit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? He is coming, and we know neither the day nor the hour, but we know, if you read the Bible, heard any scripture, heard any sermons at all on the second coming, we know that he's on his way. Notice Matthew 16 and verse 26. God said, But what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. There's some Christians that never heard of that verse. God saved us on purpose and for a purpose. And you may not be able to mow the yard. You may not be able to clean the building. You may not be able to do a lot of things that you wish you could do. But you can pray. You can pray. I don't make these just so we have something to do. I'm going to be honest and brutal. Proper subjects for the communion, Lord's Supper. It's small congregation. 
Do I believe everybody will read it? No, I don't. Do I believe everybody reads the bulletin every week? No, I don't. Now, why? Ah, that's just not my thing, preacher. Well, he's coming. And we know neither the day nor the hour when he comes. Still in Matthew, turn over to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. God says here in verse 13, I believe. Matthew 25, verse 13. Watch, therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. We could tell a few days ago when it's going to be long to fall and winter and then the Lord gives us two or three beautiful days. A little bit more cold weather than a little bit of beautiful days. But God that controls the weather. Controls. The coming of the Lord. And you won't have time to make right then. Because we'll all stand at one of the two judgments. The judgment seat of Christ, you'll come. And your life will be revealed. The great white throne judgment for the lost. They will be judged and cast into the lake of fire. Now, would you rather have your friends go on Facebook and, I like, I like, I like, really? Is there anybody who believes that? I don't. Now, if I like somebody... I want to try to help them. Amen? Can I get an amen? amen? Well, if you're saved and your best friend is lost and you haven't told them about Jesus, I'm glad you're not my best friend. Come on. Why did God save you? Does it keep you out of hell? Then you would have left this earth like the, the rest the two thieves did on the cross. He acknowledged that he was lost. See, Jesus is coming and he's coming for his elect. And I'm, for one, am ready. I'm ready. So, as he says here in Matthew 25. Matthew 25. You know, as we look at this beautiful verse, and we see here 
in the 30th verse of Matthew 24. You know. Matthew 24 and verse 30. And then shall appear the signs of the man, the son of man in the heavens. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound, a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect. Not everybody, his elect. From the four winds, from the end of heaven to the other. Christ died for a particular group of people and he's coming back for a particular group of people. We have been given time. We have been given time to prepare. And according to Revelation 6, 16, you know, it speaks, you know, and prayed to the mountains and rocks to hide you from his face. Because this loving Savior has now become the one that is going to destroy you. And your future is Gehenna. So I want the Lord to come today. But friend, let me tell you this out of pure love. There are certain qualities that saved people have. We have the privilege to pray. I'll choose Henrietta. I pray for her every day. I pray for this church every day. But just belonging to a church will not get you the glory. We need to prepare to meet God. That was the injunction to Israel from Amos. A little book there in Amos chapter 4 and verse 12, he simply said, prepare to meet thy God. We ought to shout that to the ones that we love. Then people say, but 
Brother Vance, if I talk to my family and friends like you preach and like I believe you talk to yours, I wouldn't have no family. You wouldn't? Well, I believe, I believe that you would. Not at first. See, we as ambassadors for Christ, we beseech you, be reconciled to God. I believe if you turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you will see something that is beautiful. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, when we look at that particular scripture, we, we see something, you know. 520, 2 Corinthians 520. God said, Now, then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Ain't that beautiful? See, the true incentive to a holy life is found in the word of God, you know. Now, let's uh, notice here. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Now let's uh, just read a couple, three verses here. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Right now, I'm a son of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You won't see a little helpless baby in the manger. You won't see these long-haired, hippie pictures that some people have in their home. You won't recognize him by those. But it does say, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know. Do you know? I know that I know that I know that Jesus Christ died for me. And that When he shall appear, we shall be like him. Sinless. 
holy, prepared and ready to enter glory. And you think about your loved ones who you love so much, you wouldn't even tell them how to be saved. You wouldn't keep inviting them to church. God, see, the true incentive to a holy life. According to Jolosan chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, you know, Jesus is coming, therefore mortify your members which are upon the earth that he may appear with him in glory. Our time for getting ready to meet him is now. Cemetery called me this week, said, Mr. Vance, your wife's tombstone came in. And I said, Thank you. When you get it set, call me. But we've gone through all of that trouble and expense. She's not even there. Now, I'm not against that. If I did, I wouldn't have done it. But she's not there. And when you die, you won't be wherever they put you. You'll be one of two places. But you got to make that decision while you're alive. And when God saves you, you're no longer like you were. That's called a new birth. See, so we need to understand that. We are ambassadors for Christ. That's what 2 Corinthians 5.20 says. We then, as ambassadors for Christ, beseech you, that is, I beg you, to be reconciled to God. I was talking to a doctor friend of mine. He's not my doctor, but I've known him for a long time, and Anyway, he said, uh, have you had the COVID shot? I said, no, sir. Why wouldn't you take the COVID shot? I don't believe in it. I said, are you saved? He said, no. Why not? Yeah, I was about that much solid. I'm trying to get you to accept the one that will take you to glory. And you're pleading with me to take a shot that may or may not help. But, preacher, 
you got a heart condition. Not as bad as yours. Yeah, I, I don't have no problem saying that. If you're in this building lost, your heart condition is much worse than mine. The true incentive to a holy life is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, why I don't think it concerns people because they're busy. They're such, such busy. <laughs> you know, and uh, I believe that the devil lacks our lifestyle. Busy. But see, I'm one of 14 children. Of all my brothers and sisters, I know two of them are in glory because they died as a baby. And I draw the others that I believe are saved. But who is our family? So many ways, church, that we can spread the gospel without ever saying a word. So I speak to you this morning, if you know not Christ as your Lord and Savior, Today, today is the day of salvation. Amen. This is Psalm Lady and Pianist Trump.